Hey, did you uh, did you click? I did not click. Are we going to no. talk about that? Yeah. I don't have to, but I'm just curious. You know, you could click. <laughs> I love this persistence. <laughs> I, I know. want to click so bad. I've been I wanting know. to click ever since it got got shown, unveiled. We're talking you know, about the, the new Mavic. Yeah, the Mavic Air from DJI. It is a drone. And uh, you, 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 our, our dear listeners will recall the lust that I have in my heart for drones and <sighs> really wanted to get one. Chris sent me a link to this really, the new hotness. And I was like, oh, yeah. Well, the moment they unveiled it. Yeah, I, I clicked. I did it. I bought one. I'm so proud I, of you. I know. I took a chance and uh, and I've flown it and it's glorious and I haven't crashed it yet, which I think is miraculous. I like and all the gear you've bought for it. So the inevitable time when you do crash it, you can re- you can retrieve it. Yes. I got that today. There's what? only one problem. I, I can't figure out how to fit it on it. it the the so I got something called a Gitterback, yeah, which tell me is about it. yeah, it's a it looks like a fishing bobbin, okay. and it velcros onto the drone, and if it goes in the water, this thing will. I figured out how it works. It's a chemical reaction. It uses science, Chris. <laughs> the magic and, of science. Yeah, it builds up CO two inside it until it reaches a pressure of thirty psi, and then it pops this little floater that will go to the surface and send out line that you can then pull up your drone from wherever it is in the water. It's got a hundred feet of line. So if it falls in a hundred feet or less of water, you can recover it. So is the I, drone itself waterproof? No, no, okay. it'll, it'll be dead, but that's what the warranty is for. Right? Oh, of course. The care refresh, DJI care refresh, even in water. So all I got to do, but they won't do it if you don't have it. So if you lose it forever in the lake, right, it's gone. So that's why I got to get her back. Well, it's the drone is so small, I can't figure out where I where to Velcro it on. <laughs> so uh, I, I have some research to do, but oh, I'm I'm so happy. It's such a cute little thing. It's so small, like yeah. the footprint of it's like the size of my phone when yes. you held it up. I mean, uh-huh. obviously thicker, but man, that's impressive. Yeah, it's a. I I feel like it's a piece of miraculous equipment. It's a tiny, functional miracle. We're living in the future. Yeah, and someday they'll be dragonfly sized, right? Yeah, with a with an eight K camera and you know a range of a hundred miles. That that's. The future, but we're still living in the future. Oh. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm jealous. I want to click so bad. You know what you could do? Just add to cart. Yeah, and click. Mm-hmm. Get in there. Then we can know. fly together. I, I want it, but I don't know what I would do with it. I mean, I would, would fly film, it, but I... You would document Nathan's life from the air. From above. Uh-huh. That's all <laughs> you need to say. <laughs> I think you could do it. Hmm. So, uh, you don't sound good, buddy. I'm a little sick. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think it's I'm not proud the of flu. you for not coming into the office. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't want to bring this to anybody else. I, it's your sacrifice is appreciated. Yeah. I think when you I have the flu, you're supposed to feel like you've been drugged behind a horse. <laughs> yeah. And, and you've got a fever. So I don't have either of those. Okay. Um, so just a little shinishy cold. Yeah. I think last year when I had the flu, like I was walking around with my Apple Watch and my heart rate was just 
all day long just pumping like a hundred because I just had fever and my body was just freaking out. Oh yeah. So I'm not in that situation right now. Okay. That's kind of how I, I monitor the situation. Just a little under the weather. That's all. So far. Okay. I mean, I, I don't know if I'll be in the office again tomorrow. Maybe I'll keep this crud home, but I'm still planning on jogging. <gasps> At least at the moment. I think I can get out there and do it. I'm proud of you. Got to stay on the program. I know. Chris is, has joined my workplace's couch to 5K plan. I'm your Padawan. That I'm hosting. He's one of my little hatchlings. So I'm excited. Okay. I think we've kibitzed <laughs> long enough. Shall we get into the show? Yeah, let's uh, knock this out so I can get to bed. Uh, will you be capable of performing the intro for us, or do you need me to tap in? I mean, I don't want you to extend yourself. I'm going to swing it. Overly. Okay, do it. Hello, and welcome to Backers, a fortnightly podcast where we explore the most compelling campaigns in the category on Kickstarter and each pick a campaign to back. We are your hosts, Chris Rumpf and Brian Dupuis, and this week... We are talking about what we backed in the publishing category. You did well. I'm proud of you. I, I was fearful. I was. <laughs> I didn't know if you would be able to get through it with that powerful, back. rumpy voice. <clears throat> choking back the flume. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a, a cough button that that you know actual podcasters and professionals have. So <laughs> if any coughs make it through, blame me for the post production audio work. I'll try to. Uh, ooh, I should no. Mm. We're all into this together. Yeah, I'll put in a uh, I'll put in a label track. I think the worst is a little bit of fluid in my ears with the headphones on. It's a little ringy. Mm-hmm. I like it though, a little spacey. There, I got a label track up now, so we should be okay. I don't even know what that means. Don't worry about it. It's it's a label professional track. a professional audio thing that uh, us professional audio <laughs> editors know about uh-huh. <laughs> oh man mm. well i'm glad to be here with you i'm, I'm sorry here. that you're you're sick but i'll take you any way i can get you Ooh, i know <laughs> so we have anything to discuss before we get into crowdfunding stuff yeah let's kick it off so we're talking about publishing this week hmm? and i got this article that surfaced and it was kind of thought-provoking but it especially seemed relevant for us given our category, publishing. So this piece was called Brain Junk and the Killing of the Internet Mind. And it's an editorial piece. So reading, th- reading through it, I don't think there's a whole lot that's necessarily groundbreaking journalism here. Mm. I don't think it really uncovers topics you know, that contain a lot of uh, fresh ideas. But I do think it's worth all of us considering like revisiting this thinking over and over because, uh, well, what am I talking about? The idea behind this piece is setting an intention to fight back against the constant onslaught of brain junk that we're exposed to on the internet. Mm. So this content's coming from like social media and I mean, even like terrible news outlets uh, on the internet too. Fake news. Fake news. But I mean, yeah, we're just getting fed this steady diet of useless information. And the author of the piece likens it to junk food, like a Happy Meal. You know, it just stimulates our dopamine centers and we just want more like this just calorie free. Oh, yeah. You know, just just junk. Um, 
So the big thing I liked about this this piece was his comparison of all this useless brain junk to junk food and his application of the quote, eat food, not too much, mostly plants. That was a self-summary by Michael Palin, or Pollen, of his uh, book, The Omnivore's Dilemma. And he applied that quote to this digital media diet that we're all on, saying we should enjoy content, not too much, mostly paid. Hmm. So here we are this week in Kickstarter trying to put some dollars behind some publishing projects. Right. Well, we're going to be paying for it, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> no, there's so much truth to this in so many ways. And, you know, I've had this discussion with my family and we've had big discussions about the social media and other types of quickly consumable little tidbits that seem to be so prevalent and just pure screen time. That was the thing that we came up with. My, you know, my wife and I brought it up with our daughter because I feel like we're missing a lot just from the screen time that we spend so much time doing. And it's not even her that we're so much saying, you know, don't do it because it's all about practicing what you preach too. I think you know, my wife and I both are are guilty of it to some extent or another. And it's just so easy to scroll through whatever type of media you're looking at, whether it's Facebook, whether it's Twitter, or my personal vice, which is Reddit, Mm -hmm. just scrolling through thing after thing after thing and watching the time go past. And where does it really get you at the end of the day? You're not any more enlightened than you were you might you're probably more pissed off than you were because you know you're getting the (laughs) that's the whole thing behind facebook you surround yourselves with these echo chambers and so you get more and more polarized and pissed off and that's where you end up so yeah so we've tried to make a conscious effort to reduce our amount of happy meals (laughs) from a digital perspective. And uh, yeah, I think it's, I think it's valid. And I think we're as a society probably still obviously heading the wrong direction. I think it's just more and more and more and more and more to where it's all consuming. Yeah. And it's interesting, like you were mentioning Reddit or those areas that we go into and we're just continually, you know, continually eating these little, little bites that, you know, one isn't really necessarily that different from the next. It's not like we're all sitting around eating, reading, the, the Economist, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Like, yeah. it's, it's not that kind of consumption we're having. And the article here even goes on and talks about, you know, Newsweek firing its editor-in-chief and the firings are, are reductions in staff that have happened in the LA Times and all these publications that were once churning out Pulitzer Prize-winning pieces, right? Mm-hmm. And, and now they can't keep staff. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. sad. It is. It truly is. And I mean, we're all and learning. we're watching Gilmore Girls right now, and Rory is trying to get a job at the New York <laughs> Times and wasn't able to. I mean, it, it's it's just self fulfilling. Yeah, I even love this when they're like, <laughs> "It's the deep irony of our times that readers, awfully deeply educated, will shell out thirty dollars for a meal in New York or San Francisco while paying thousands in rent, only to avoid paying a few bucks a month for a publication, let alone mm. ten. I can't say that I do. I'm part of the problem, Chris. <laughs> I love the very end of the article, though. Did you get that far? 
No. He says, he echoes again, enjoy content, not too much, mostly paid, and if a publication, yes, including TechCrunch, which is where the article was published, <laughs> doesn't offer paid options, ask for them, force publishers to take your money and again, and align themselves with your interests over advertisers. Break mm. those dopamine habits and end brain junk. Now, go click on a dozen articles so TechCrunch can make a dollar, okay? <laughs> So I oh, like that little good. self-aware piece at the end, but yeah. it's, you know, I will put they that broke in the, the show fourth notes. wall, Chris. It's like Deadpool. It is. Mm, I'm excited about that coming out. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's not tangent there. Okay. No. Let's, let's uh, take a turn into how big is too big for Kickstarter. All right. Back into the crowdfunding world. Yep. This was a good article. Uh, I like it a lot. Um, do you want to, describe the central conceit yeah i guess the central idea being asked here really is is there a level of maturity that a company reaches that makes it no longer a good fit for kickstarter mm. um, i mean can you keep going back to the well and the article is actually supported by some examples of companies that had success on an initial first round like a first go at kickstarter mm-hmm. but then they came back for subsequent subsequent campaigns and they didn't get the same kind of draw so, you know, they were asking the question, is it that the backers now are viewing the company in a different light? Is it that it kind of lost that niche uh, exclusivity? Right. You know, whatever that thing where they kind of felt that they were a part of it, that they were helping finance the company. But, you know, the second time through, you sort of have that feeling that, hey, you should be on your feet now. Fly, little bird, fly. <laughs> well, I find it interesting that, they found examples and counterexamples. Mm, so, yeah. you know, you had that one, but they, they discuss another one called Kamek that uh, is a hammock maker, uh, a small company in Texas that raised over $200,000 for their first hammock on Kickstarter after it got featured on Uncrate. And now they have millions in sales each year. And yet once a year, they go on a Kickstarter and hawk a new product and find success doing it. They haven't uh, worn out their welcome at the Kickstarter place. So what's the difference between the ones that have success and the ones that don't? I, I don't know, but it's an interesting thing that there is no right answer to what's too big, what is too many times to the well, and at what point do you say no this this particular enterprise is too large to go back to the crowdfunding market mm. and i guess this has echoes of last week when we discussed some of this mm. too mm-hmm. the whole thing is that i guess we're trying to find this one size fits all story and, <laughs> and there really isn't it. one you're going to find nope. examples and counterexamples all over the place where yeah there are going to be projects where they're only going to thrive on kickstarter yeah. and then they're going to be projects that you know, just that are that follow the example. traditional, yeah, that follow the traditional model that you pictured, which is maybe kickstart your first product, get enough backing to launch it, and use that to slingshot around the sun and get enough exposure and momentum to create a lasting company. And that obviously does happen, but now yeah. that's a good, it's an interesting topic. I yeah. do find it interesting that that 
like you said, there is no one answer to the to the question. Right. And an interest, interesting article, too. So that'll also be in the show notes. So was there anything else that you wanted to cover today with your illness? And <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, honestly, when we got into this category, just not a lot of, I don't know, random crowdfunding stuff came, came across my desk this week. Right. And then I think because I found the project to back so quickly this week that I really didn't do my diligence going throughout <laughs> the entire category. Right. And we'll get into that. But yeah, it, it's, it's kind of like it just happened to coincide this week that the project that I ended up backing, I actually kind of already knew about. And it just happened to coincide that we were oh, looking at really? publishing this week. Right. Well, I didn't know you already knew about it. <laughs> Yeah, so every time you would ask, like, have you backed something yet? I was like, well, I need, to go, I need to go. I've got yeah. this one that I really want to back, and I've, I, I should at least do some diligence and dig through the category. And, you know, I just followed my heart at the end of the day. <laughs> it's perfect. I mean, if there was ever a, a project that had Chris Rump written on it. This is it, right? Yeah. Do you want to go ahead then? Should, should we just jump all the way? Yeah, just, what just the heck? You're barrel sick. through. We can make the. I mean, we've been going really long in the past yeah. few episodes, and only our most diehard fans and listeners out there would want to hear us ramble on for an hour on publishing today. I think. I think I can ramble on for an hour about about your back, back project, right? Well, get it going then, son. Okay. So our backed picks this week. I'll lead off. Brian, I backed, and I think you saw what you already knew. You were like, oh, this looks like it's got me it, pegged. It, it is. It's tailor-made for you. <laughs> the project is called The Pen Addict Live 2018, RelayCon Atlanta and Toronto, and is being presented by Knockco. So, Brian, I, mm-hmm. oh, I almost can't <laughs> contain my excitement, and I, I, I don't know how to tackle this. Okay. So, before I talk about the campaign... Mm. I'm just going to give a rundown yeah, of the, come on. the players attached to the project. Get I'm going to I'm going to give you some knowledge. I'm going to educate you because I know <laughs> well, this okay. isn't isn't your domain. It's not, but okay. I'm prepared to be have knowledge dropped on All me. All right, let's do this. All right. So, this is a project that is centered around the Pen Addict podcast. So, okay. this is a weekly podcast about all things related to stationery. Mm. So we're talking about pens, we're talking about paper, ink, notebooks, etc. All that cool analog stuff. Lord and the podcast is co-hosted by Mike Hurley and Brad Dowdy. Mm. So this is a show I've been personally listening to for years now, going all the way back. I had to look all the way back to 2013. Oh and that's Lord. when they first joined Dan Benjamin's 5x5 network. Okay. So I listened to it there and then I followed them over to the Relay FM network, where they're hosted now, which makes total sense because that network was founded in 2014, I did my homework, by Mike Hurley and Stephen Hackett. Oh, okay. So I've got years of familiarity with these guys and, mm-hmm. and their program. So, all right, let's crack apart, apart the personalities. We've got Mike Hurley, <laughs> okay, and okay. I've not only listened to The Pen Addict, I've listened to Mike on other shows throughout the years, too, and he's prolific. So I jotted down a few of Mike's podcasts that I've listened to, and I know there are like at least as many as I'm going to name that I haven't even cracked open. So The Pen Addict, 
Okay. Analog with Mike Hurley and Casey Liss. Connected. Upgrade with Mike and Jason Snell. Cortex with Mike and CGP Gray. And Bionic. And those are the ones that I could think of offhand. So, you know, I've, I feel like I have this familiarity with Mike and trust, and I'm excited to see where they take the podcast. So another personality uh, that the Pen Addict podcast has is Brad Dowdy, and he's also the author behind the Pen Addict website or blog. Mm-hmm. And again, I've been reading his site for years, and here's a fun fact. Back in our episode three, when we looked at the crafts category, I added a review of his Twisby Eco review, or a link to his Twisby Eco review, to our show notes. Because we were talking about my desiring for these new fountain pens, and you were kind of like, how do pens even cost that much? So (laughs) I was like, that was just one that stood out in my mind. I was like, oh, I remember Brad wrote this excellent review. So... You know, I've been reading his blog for a long time. And then the other player in this Kickstarter project is Anna Reinert from the Well-Appointed Desk website. And she's a designer for Hallmark. And she's been featured on episodes of The Pen Addict. And it's actually her website that first turned me on to the Story Supply Notebooks, which I've given praise to on previous episodes, too. It's just a big circle of joy for you, isn't it? Yeah. So, like, I knew this was coming up from listening to their show, and there it was, hovering (laughs) like an angel in the publishing category. I was so excited. So, um, all right. So, those are all the people. um, Okay. All my adoration for them are just, you know, like, listening to them over the years. So, what's the Kickstarter all about? Well, um, they're back. They did a tour last year that was funded by Kickstarter. And now they're back to take it bigger, take it international, all the mm. way from Atlanta to Toronto. So let's break down what they're doing. They're going to attend the 2018 Atlanta Pen Show, which is in April. And they're going to do a... I do want to go, Brian. <laughs> but in backing this podcast or this uh, project, I won't have to go because they're going to be because live recording. It. And for the backers of the Kickstarter, there's going to be exclusive video of the mm. event. So that's cool. That's right. You get because you were oh, kind yeah. of asking too. Like, well, they're podcasting, and they, you know, they have uh, people that pledge support to Relay FM that get to doled out to shows, or can mm-hmm. they find other ways? Patreon to go ahead and find their ways there. But there's going to be this exclusive video, so that's really the thrust of the 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 project here is that backing the video and vlog level is going to get you these exclusive contents behind the scene recordings of the their their panel and I hope hopefully I look at kind of the the trade show or showroom floors and that kind of stuff. And they've got a $20,000 stretch goal already laid out so that they can go to Toronto and do a backers only vlog of all the behind the scenes goodness up there at the Toronto Pen Show too. So their plan is to get to Toronto by way of New York with a stop at CW Pencils, which is a location that they're going to do another exclusive vlog on site at CW Pencil for their backers. Mm-mm-mm. So $15 gets you in at the video and vlog level and seems pretty cool, but wait, there's more. Oh, so of course there is. Brad is also half of the brain trust behind Knock Company. Oh, okay. So... I wondered how that connected. Are a couple guys that just geek out over bags and they love pens and they created this company that make handmade cases that hold pens and notebooks. And if you've seen that little brown one I have that holds 
what, three pins and like field notes or the storage right. supply sized memo books. That's a knock. So for this Kickstarter, Knock has invented a new design, and it's called the Tallulah, which is a two-pin case with a little business card pocket. Mm. And for Kickstarter, they're doing they're doing an exclusive, which is clay exterior and a sunshine interior. Oh, what fantastic color names! Yeah. So I I mean I already own the Sinclair, the one I was talking about with three pins. Yeah, but that's not limited edition. And I mean, do I need this? No, but. Did I want it? Yeah. That's not the question. There you go. So I backed. <laughs> I need more pins, and now I need more pins to put in the pen case. So uh, you got it at the pen case level? So you can get the Tallulah Pledge level that does not include the vlogs for 30 bucks. So there's it one doesn't more thing. The vlogs? Oh. Did you get the... F- did you get the... Did you go all the way? Because I'm looking at it, and I'm like, ah, there's only one way to get this one thing. Uh I went all the way, Brian. You did. You get the enamel pins. Yes, enamel you pins. You finally get enamel pins. <laughs> <laughs> I actually backed something where I'm going to get enamel pins. The journey is complete. I'm so proud of you. So, yeah. So, all the way down at the, the, the $50 level, um, Anna designed this enamel pin set for a 2018 RelayCon. <laughs> and it's actually... Can't wait to see you with your and, <laughs> right. and, with oh. Brad Anna and Mike's picture. Like little, mm-hmm. it's got this. so the the pin set is actually little little faces of Brad Anna and Mike um, on an enamel pin. So there we have it. That's I'll, fantastic. I'll fix them to my bag right next to my little flags. <laughs> so I just. I went all the way down the column, dude. I went down and just said, I'm all in. And I think it was just because, like I said, I've had this familiarity with them. I, oh, I feel I like it's it. not just backing this project. I sort of just feel like it's it's in a way making a contribution for, I mean, just the hours and hours and hours that I've listened to content that sure. the Mike and Brad and then Mike also um, have kind of sent my way. And I know you can do this as a as a... You know, if you go on Relay FM, you they're a podcast network. You can back all the great shows. But um, yeah, I was just excited to, to to back this one and get some cool swag out of it too. That's awesome, and you're gonna get it because they have definitely meet, met their goal. Yeah, have they met the twenty thousand yet? They were yep. pretty close earlier. They did okay. They were at nineteen earlier this morning, yep. so they've they've crossed the threshold. What's the stretch goal? Do you know what this is? There a stretch goal? The stretch goal was so they could get to Toronto. Oh yeah! Dun, da, da, da. So, well, crossing the border, Chris, you were part of what made that stretch goal happen. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so that's no, exciting. It's so you. <laughs> I'm really pleased. <sighs> You should get in there too, Brian. Should I? Uh-huh. Is that what I need? Come get on the wagon. I didn't know I needed that. Or is it falling off the wagon? <laughs> are you are you on the wagon or off the wagon? Uh I guess I would be on the wagon. You're like on the a wagon. wagon, right? Right. All right. So that's all I got. Uh, all right. It's gonna happen. It's cool. So I don't have anywhere near It's almost like a paid advertisement. As much to say about my back project, nor do I have the uh, 
fantastic words about the creators that I've been following for decades and named one of my children after or anything like that. (laughs) (laughs) That said... Yeah, I spelled uh, my son's name Nathan with a Y. (laughs) Just for Mike. I am pleased with my selection. Uh, I don't know anything about these people aside from what I've learned from backing it and looking into their previous stuff. But what I backed was the campaign called Nowhere, The Greatest Travel Writing Anywhere uh, by Porter Fox. This is a, quote, special 10th anniversary Nowhere print annual featuring the best long-form travel writing, art, and photography anywhere. So it's essentially an anthology of long-form stories about travel. And you know that uh, I'm a traveler. My wife and I and daughter, we like to go on trips. And I thought this was an excellent uh, enterprise for actual literary writing about travel. And the cool thing is, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Nowhere Mag, you can actually read what they put out online. They have a website. It is uh, nowheremag.com where their long form stories are available for you to read. And I went and read a few of them and it's, it's good writing. I'm a sucker for, uh, well, we'll just call it good writing with a, telling a story and putting in a lot of good detail and really giving more than just the, course impressions of, oh, well, the, the hotel had a nice lobby and, uh, we had bagels for breakfast, right? right. So tell, this tell is, me why the lobby was nice. Exactly. Tell this me is finding the narratives involved in the travel. There was a discussion in there about a, um, a hostel in Sevilla and, you know, there's just the, the hidden stories of travel, that makes it compelling and interesting. And it's written there. They search out writers that are willing and more importantly, able of crafting these long form stories. It's almost like a, you know, harkens back to the readers digest longer stories and the types of things they even say it in here in the Kickstarter campaign. It's the type of thing that, real travel magazines would put together as a an aside and just kind of forget about it, whereas they're making these into the focus of the magazine. So uh, this gets me the 10th anniversary book uh, where I get all the stories that uh, they've written. I'm not sure exactly how many uh, stories will come in this book, but uh, I have always enjoyed well-written travel articles and travel logs. Uh, so I thought this was a good find. And especially with beautiful photography and the way that they're presenting it just looked like it was very compelling. So that's the type of thing I like to support. Yeah, that's cool, man. I love their minimalist design. Yeah. It, I mean, their design it, it, looks it drew awesome. Me in. It, yeah. I, you, you know me, I'm a sucker for quality design as well. So I, I have no reservations about backing such a thing. So yeah, I mean, these postcards look cool. Mm-hmm. Just even like that cover of the 10th anniversary print annual. Yep. Like that 
I don't know. Everything about it's just really, really nice. Yeah. They've got that aesthetic pegged. Yep. So that's what I backed. Man, that's a good find. Yeah. This was, if I'm not mistaken, no, maybe I'm mistaken. I thought this was a project we love. It is a project we love. Okay, uh, yeah. I'm glad you um, took me through it, too, because I looked at it a little bit, like when, once you put the link in, and I really didn't quite understand what I was looking at. Yeah. I mean, it's it's information dense. Um, it is. But it's not the typical type of of travel book either, right? It's not telling you, you know, go eat at the Lauberge uh, because they have great scallops. It's it's the stories behind the travel and, and the types of little narratives that occur during the travel, which is, to me, very interesting. So, um, yeah, I think it's cool. Yeah, I'm hoping this provides some inspiration for you, too, as you, I mean, like you mentioned, you like to travel. Yes, sir. So, as you write your stories, um, yep. you know, to, to kind of use this as a roadmap to, to see how other people are crafting yes. their stories. and that is kind of my hidden agenda as well, to... Uh, enrich my own ability to document our own travels because yeah that is a thing that i with the drone and with the (laughs) The rv and all of that you know not just drone vlogging it but you know trying to make something that's interesting and compelling so yeah that's what i did you found a good one man i did um well chris that's good that's publishing man yeah man we got through it and we've only got two more episodes before we finish up season one. Can you believe it? I mean, so we're 13 episodes. We do them every fortnight. Can you believe we've been doing this for half a year? What? No. My, my math's right, right? Are you kidding me? 13 times 2 is 26. All right. Now I got to look at the website. What's <laughs> our first one? <laughs> Oh my God! August twenty eighth was the pilot. Man, are you kidding me? Wow, that's really neat. Man, podcast we should celebrate like a bunch somehow. of badasses. <laughs> How should we celebrate? We'll celebrate at the end of the season. How's that? Um, yeah, let's do it. By uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll we'll back something in the. <laughs> theater category to celebrate <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> i want to i want to back a mime production i think that's what i'm going to do in theater i want to find some mimes to back <laughs> we're gonna go out with a bang <laughs> oh. so we do have some ideas for season two lest you think that we're gonna go out and leave it at season one there will be a season two absolutely and i think it will be even better bigger and better than ever with the more explosions more cgi yeah michael bay's producing season two it's gonna be awesome yeah so we will see you guys in two weeks where we'll be talking about technology it's gonna be a i'm good hoping one. that one will be a good one i think that's where all the good stuff is is it? It's not in dance? <laughs> dance with stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the technology. Yeah. Maybe I can find uh, something to go along with my drone. 
like a uh, water retrieval device it's <laughs> <laughs> the mavic air that fits it yeah maybe so shall we take it home buddy we'll yeah let let's get, get us bed. out of here so i can uh take a little <laughs> Go more take some nyquil mm-hmm. and just zonk <laughs> out yeah i'm sorry i hope you feel better man now i can be back with a vengeance for the technology yes. category just rage. You got two weeks to recover. Of course, by then, I'll have the flu. <laughs> we'll both have the uh, flu by then. Jeez. Everybody stay healthy, okay? Take your vitamin C. Does that help? I don't think anything helps. No. It's All right. That's all of our time for today, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Join us next time when we will be exploring and backing one campaign from Kickstarter's technology category. Backers is produced by Brian Dupuis and Chris Rump. You can find the show notes for this episode and our previous episodes at our website, backerspodcast.com. You can contact us on Twitter at, at backerspodcast or individually at coldforged and at Rump. Join us again next time, and until then, back responsible.